Heavy Hops is a Scorched Tundra production. You can access all our episodes with detailed show notes and information about upcoming events by visiting scorchedtundra.com slash heavy hops. Be sure to follow us on your preferred social media platform, subscribe, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you access podcasts. Thanks for supporting us and enjoy the show. Why are we talking about it in such contradictory, rapturous terms? It's because the stakes are so high. The stakes are so high because the feeling of writing a good song is undeniably the best feeling I've ever experienced in my life. Welcome to Heavy Hops. My name is Alexi. One of my favorite parts about talking to musicians is getting to the heart of why they make the creative and musical decisions that are then committed to tape or performed live. Why did they choose to write their lyrics in a certain manner? Why did they choose to record their live album in a historic water tower? How will they reimagine older material for an upcoming performance? The thread among many of these conversations is that they are reflections musicians share on what they've done or will do. This week's conversation with Will and Sam Skarstad, collaborators, brothers, and founding members of New York black metal band Yellow Eyes, shares a rare moment of these decisions happening in real time. The two took a break from intensive writing sessions to share observations of how their creative process is unfolding, how they feel about field recordings, which have played an important part in creating ambiance and sense of place in past albums, and what they imagined for the follow-up to 2019's rare field ceiling. Let's dive and get heavy. Sam and Will Skarstead, welcome to Heavy Hops. It's a pleasure having you guys on the show. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Just so that listeners can get to know who you are and your voices, do you mind introducing yourselves individually? We can start with you, Will. Yeah, my name is Will. I am the guitarist, vocalist in Yellow Eyes, and uh, I guess guitarist, vocalist, uh, sometime drummer, bass player of Ustalist, composer. And then this voice is... Sam, I am a guitarist in Yellow Eyes. I produce all of all the material and uh, co-write songs and and produce Ustalist also. The roles are a bit hard to define, but yeah, we're we're both in the room. Speaking of being in the room, we're kind of catching you at an interesting time where you're working on some new Yellow Eyes material. Sam, do you kind of want to walk us through where you sit now with material, where you are? Yeah, we're um, well. We we just kind of dug in. Um, we're working on a couple of songs. I mean, I, I, I guess we're, the plans are a bit tenuous, but we are trying to have some material written for some tours coming up. So we are just recklessly diving in. Um, and we're kind of in the early stages, but it's feeling like an album already. We have about two songs. Um, I guess it feels like an album. It feels the way it felt in the past every time we, you know, approach a song being done. It's like, oh yeah, that's what that's what a Yellow Eyes song feels like. The balance is right. Where you know, it, it feels like uh, familiar territory, even though it's been a long time since we've had two new songs knocking around my my phone. It's funny how even in the early stages of the process, it both it simultaneously remains elusive and slowly reveals itself. It's it's completely a faith exercise. You have to just trust that this will be an album and you just have to like the notes enough to continue. Um, and then later on, we understand kind of what it's about conceptually uh, and then tacking lyrics on and thinking of the name, which is kind of a, you know, a fugue state for me is when it retroactively becomes clear. So for now, it's just taking a taking a step. 
which is really exciting. I love this part of it. When you say faith or having confidence in what you're doing in this moment, place that you're at, can you sort of like elaborate a little further on that sort of position? It's a combination of processes right now. It's it's sorting through a pile of riffs, uh, not knowing what fits together. It's just a, a jumble of notes. It can be very confusing, very disheartening. It's just listening to things and trying to get your mood right. It's it's essentially just a mood game. You have to feel good and you have to look out the window and feel like, you know, the world makes sense and, and what you're hearing matches your your view. It's very much just a just a psychological exercise. So right now, I guess we're we're finally at the at the stage where it's beyond just the satellite dish is open and we're just letting things trickle in and it's moving towards congealing. You know, the blood is thickening and songs are making sense and it's basically time to start practicing. I think it's like a muscle, you know, you get, a, it's been a long time since we've been trying to, to get a Yellow Eyes record together. And uh, yeah, you just have to get back in shape. It's really hard to get started. You know, many nights are just trying to write random ideas and seeing what sticks and, you know, nothing's really becoming a song. It's just a lot of ideas, but I think we're right now at the stage where, you know, once we made a song and now two songs, I just feel like it's, it, it gets easier. We're in shape now. We know, we know what to hear we know what to listen for. We can like fill in the the missing puzzle pieces of a song pretty quickly. Uh, I feel like if we had, you know, today or tomorrow, we could get another song done. Yeah, it's it's kind of, I, I think of it a bit like, I mean, it, I'm, I'm fully aware that there's capacity for sounding like an idiot talking about this in this way, but it's it's very much about a motif or, you know, you you have a collection of notes that in almost a way of writing a symphony feels like it needs to be the DNA of the entire thing. And I mean literally a collection of notes. It could be the way a chord resolves. And for whatever reason, in the season we're in, you know, it's springtime now, things are just starting to, to, to bloom and I'm looking out the window and into my backyard. And uh, for whatever reason, I want certain notes to hit me in a certain way. And in the, in the early demos, you know, we're just sitting in the room, drinking a beer, just thinking about, what hits us in, in what way, you know, going through, let's say, you know, 10 minutes of, of rough riff ideas that, that Will's done on his own. Every now and then something pops out and it's, it's just a feeling. And you say th those notes, those three notes, the way those notes resolve, that could be the entire fabric of the whole album right there. And the scary thing is sometimes I, I'll, I'll pass over those notes and not even think it's anything special, but, you know, I guess that's why you have to work with somebody else. They'll say, wait, those are cool. They, you know, listen to it a few more times more carefully and it's like yeah they are cool and that can inspire a, a whole a whole song right. or something like that and and you know neither of us think too much about the theory side of it the music theory side of it but it very often is let's say you know right now it feels like the way maybe a major chord is you know jumps out of nowhere and then there's a low bass note just kind of corrupting that chord something you know so a, a certain way that that fits together that could be the whole album and the rest of it is just filling in the blanks. And, and somehow, it, you, you, that's what I mean about this leap of faith. You, you, think, you just see this, this beacon in the distance, this sort of little flag, and you just think, okay, I'm just going to follow that. I'm just going to say that that's the, the sound of this album. Why not? <laughs> I think that's the thing when you've been doing it for so long. You just say, you know, people, always, people who don't write music always say, well, where, where, does, where does it come from? What, what is the opposite of nothing. How do you just, where does it pop into your head? And a lot of it is just saying, well, why shouldn't it sound like this? I just put my fingers down and this came out. That's a fine place to start. We'll just start there. Who cares? 
You know, there, there's, there, you don't need the vision from the first time you, you touch your guitar. You just have to start but making you shouldn't, notes. You shouldn't have You it. shouldn't have any vision. <laughs> yeah. you, you might get too prescriptive if you think of it that way. I would say it's lucky to have some, some uh, clarity when you listen back, though. I mean, just doing what we did last night, we finished at midnight, so I've, and now it's 10 o'clock in the morning, so I, you know, I've listened to it only a couple times. But even, I, I am glad that, you know, in listening back, you could say, that one little piece right there, that chord needs, a, you know, a punch-up or something like that. So I'd say that's where... That's I mean, where yellow eyes right. songs become yellow eyes songs. We we know the balance after after so many years of doing this. Um, maybe early on, I, I, maybe we always did. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That that being said, I mean, it, yeah, we we spent the majority of the day working through one passage in the middle of one song, and I think we both just intuited that this was an important passage. This would make us deserve the second half of the song. You know, it it, it needs to be interesting enough to make you deserve maybe an extended loop section or something. But I would say that these kind of feel different than previous songs. It's it's more unregulated, maybe a little more um, unstructured, a, little, a bit more bizarre in the way it's the way it stands. We're doing more together um, yeah. in the room in, in real time, less less of me hiding away, you know, placing placing notes together very carefully. It's it's a little bit more freeing. And it's, yeah, it's been fun. It's working. We're going to gonna do it again tonight um it's working what i'm hearing is also that there's some kind of an instinctual thing that happens where these notes kind of come out of one of you and goes into the other and you identify from that sort of interaction that you both know that this is the beacon as you called it or this is something that we need to build around not only because you have built in your dna what you know the yellow eyes sound to be but also you know each other not just as creative people but also as siblings yeah i you know it's funny i after even after thinking about this for so long i, I still find it an, a, a kind of a mystery it's a it's a balance it's, i mean songwriting together is a bizarre lens to look at your your siblinghood from because it's so intimate and it's so you know it, it's also so unknowable in a in a sense but as it relates to writing music together a lot of it is just knowing what the band should sound like but at the same time and and a lot of it is knowing what we might like ourselves. You know, I when when I'm sitting down to to write something, I'm thinking about what Will would think of it, mostly because that's it's helpful. But at the same time, you know, every now and then you catch a a glimpse of the ways that you think of music differently, which I find fascinating. Sometimes Will comes to me with a stretch, and I say, I just don't see it. I don't see it. And and he's saying, What are you talking about? This is perfect. And I just don't, and I, it's, you know, I listen to it a bunch of times. I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't do what I want it to do. And I think about it and, and, uh, and that I'll, I remember a big stretch of nutrient painting was that way. That was one of the ones that, that, that I, I think a, a big patch of that was something Will wrote on his own and brought to me. And, and, and I, for, for some reason, the way the demo sounded, it felt, you know, there was something too triumphant about it too. It was almost like the, the simplicity was, was bothering me. Many years later, I love that about it. I love it. It was that that was something that I just had to say. I think it might be actually there somewhere. I just have to let it just have to let it go and kind of pack my own little personality into the edges. And that that turned out to be one of my favorite songs ever. So and but then then sometimes I'll I'll write a you know a, a one minute patch and and to me the things I love about it are exactly what Will doesn't 
doesn't see about it or something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and to me, it's, it's just fascinating always. It's like, well, maybe I want this to be less catchy or something. And, and Will's like, no, but it's got to be, we've got to have something catchy in there. And I'm like, well, maybe it shouldn't be, you know. But then on, know. The, on the other we side. We kind of trade roles sometimes with that. On the other side, like last night, we're trying to figure out a little chunk of this song and, and there's one piece that we can't fit. Yet both of us know there's like, you know, there is one correct way to tie this thing together. We don't know what the, what that way is, but we both somehow understand that same way. We tried for hours and hours and hours and it's like, no, 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 no. And we both know the second you get it right, we both know that's right. Even though there are, you know, so many notes you could, so many ways theoretically you could go, but because at the end of the day, it's kind of, there's one way it's kind of mechanical. And this is, you know, I'm sure people have written about this in a better way than I'm about to talk about it, but it's even songs that are supposed to be, you know, it, I, I think of the, the attempt that we're always trying to do is, is uh, make music that's unsettling, maybe unheard, do things that, that feel new to us. But at the, at the same time, it's still a machine and the machine has to run. I mean, it, it's essentially, it sounds terrible, but it's essentially pop in, in a way. It's not, you know, it's not noise. There's, there's cohesion to these ideas, even if the, the granularity is bizarre, truly, it can be as bizarre as you want, but it's still, you're still dealing with choruses in a way. You're still dealing with flow. And when you're dealing with flow, it's a machine. And, and you just know when something feels too sentimental, or you just know when, it, when, you've, when you've gone too far into the weeds and you have to find a way to get the car back, back in the, in the, on, the, on the road. And there are types of riffs that serve functions. We always talk about that. You know, there are plateau riffs where you just stay for a minute and think about what you've done. <laughs> and then there are riffs that are like tunnels that get you to another territory. And then there are riffs that are just simply destinations that maybe, you know, that is, that is it. And then, then there are riffs that are just kind of flag flag waving pompousness, you know, and then maybe there are riffs that just serve as murk, just kind of a, a mist in the air. Everything has a a purpose and maybe they maybe they overlap a bit but you know and and i don't even know exactly what they are at what time but you just get to know the song it's not listen to it enough it's times. not formulaic because we don't know which way we're going and we right. do like to push the the our own you know we don't like to be too comfortable you know our yellow eyes record always has at least a few riffs that if i play let's say my guitar part alone or something it'll make make everybody laugh they'll be like how how is that the guitar part then once you combine the other guitar part the bass you know i i love i love making ourselves uncomfortable forging new new territory at least for ourselves doing something that is unexpected to to us right i mean it's it's not it's not just something we know while we're i mean i'm kind of talking as a as a listener or an editor not as you know the the mindset of actually writing can be very disorienting and confusing. You don't know what you're dealing with until later. But uh, I mean, even now, even doing what we were doing last night, you know, it, it leaves me, as probably all new music that we make does, like, you know, unsettled for a minute. You, you know, you don't, you, you're not sure a million percent that it's perfect because that would probably be boring. You know, we would just be, you know, making some Yellow Eyes song that's balanced the exact same way that all the other ones were. I, I like going home and thinking, I have to listen to this about 10 times before I can even figure out at all what's going on here and if it's good or, you know, where this stands. And I, I like that feeling. I think it keeps it progressing and moving forward. And 
um, feeling fresh, hopefully. There was an interesting way that, Sam, you sort of described these riffs. You used like very utilitarian language to describe them, that they are ways that you can get to a place and you can tunnel through it, you can fly over things, and they can take on all these different personalities. But ultimately, they're trying to get you to a place. Now, I'm kind of curious as to how the sort of like sentimentality that you were describing as well, how that sort of factors in. Can that like be a burden, for example? where you feel too sentimentally attached to something and it becomes a problem in the construction of a song, for example. Absolutely, yes. 100%. I mean, and, and that's kind of what I was talking about, about it being a, a, you know, almost psychological warfare on yourself because you are trying to channel something, some intangible, original memory from your life, maybe. There's a lot, a lot of these, I mean, you know, I have a baby now, I'm constantly thinking, What's going into his ears? You know, what what is he hearing that's going to create some sort of intangible, indigestible half memory in thirty years or whatever? I mean, it, there, there's things that that you just know you're trying to do, and sometimes you get stuck on something, and and you're because you can't quite nail it. You you might try for your entire career to get one passage to be like this thing that you're chasing. It's it really is like a drug or something. You're chasing the dragon of of a certain type of melody or, or a certain type of resolution or something. And, and I, I think the fact that no one can reliably figure out how to write a song, and I, and I don't mean that people don't do it repeatedly, I just mean that anyone who's ever written pretty good music, at least, can tell you that it's not reliable. You sit down, and, and if it's good, it's, it's only good because it's, it did something that you weren't expecting. or what, you know, It's not a formula. It can't be a formula. And, and so you're, you're always left chasing something. And, and yeah, very, very often, you know, I, I would say there's, there's some specific chord progressions that sometimes I lean on too heavily, or I'm always trying to juice new juice out of. And, and, uh, sometimes you just have to shake, shake it out, take a walk and say, stop going there. I, I would say our, our strength after all this time, and maybe it's because we're siblings is that we've gotten pretty good at just cutting things out really kind of brutally. I, I would say all the all the music that we're working on right now, there's like a whole, you know, all, all the riffs that aren't working in a song, we just slide them over to the side. Maybe we'll use them again. Maybe not. But the, all the those, session's 30 minutes all long. All those riffs in that pile are what, you know, are easily like the, you know, keyword here is easy. They're easy, easier riffs, but they're like, you know, probably the most pleasing to the ears. You, you know, somebody who wasn't this close to this process would probably say, yeah, of course those those are the you know those riffs need to be in the in the song. They're they're awesome. They 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 feel triumphant. They blah blah blah. But we can't you know can't get it into the song or whatever. We don't spend much time about that. It's like uh, you know I'll say I don't know why don't we put this riff there if it doesn't fit. We move it out of the song so fast. It's like I mean we probably have like a hundred riffs that we've never you know could never bring back into any new song well, or, you know and i refuse on, and i refuse on. to open the early sessions to even look for them it's too it's too dark it's just I, can't, amount, I can't go there the amount of material we don't use um that could be used i mean i i just think we it, it takes i it's it's benefited us to to um get good at at throwing riffs away and just but, saying you know something else but can why be do here. we even just, throw them away some it's it can be so complex as to why you throw it away you just get a you just get a repulsion <laughs> it, it just, just doesn't it just doesn't work you. even if it works 
as a little snippet, it's like it's perfect. But if it doesn't work, it has to go, and and you have to just trust that whatever else you make to fill its place will inspire the rest of the song. You know, oftentimes that's what cracks the song open. Getting rid of the you know what what I might think is the best riff of the song. Well, to make matters more complicated, I I was late to metal. The Will was into metal. Uh, when you know we grew up in the same room, he was into metal for years before before you know it, for a while it it was the the thing that I as the younger brother was forced to uh, to reckon with when I was when I was trying to you know sleep or I, I don't even we're really talking remember like those early years. high school talking, talking like you know whatever yeah adolescence and it took moving to the Czech Republic together and and uh, you know digging into some bleak situations before I, it, it just suddenly made sense to me. But the point is I'm come, I'm, I came from a place where, you know, my head wasn't filled with formative metal. So when I, when I came into, you know, my, my first love in metal was, was uh murky, unknowable black metal that was highly atmospheric and evasive in all the ways that it is. And, and, you know, just this, these worlds of their own. And so sometimes when we'd be right to this day, when we write together, I mean, the funny thing is that for a while I was sort of, I I didn't want to do anything typically metal because it didn't mean anything to me to do something that was maybe, you know, from like a, like a straight up heavy metal perspective early on in, in yellow eyes. The irony is these days I find myself constantly wanting to do like just straight ahead, heavy, riffs I, there, there's part of me that always just wants to inject the the basic heavy metal into there i don't i guess we've kind of i've, I've kind of flipped on that but in riff selection those types of things can inform what disgusts you you know even in even in in our brother relationship i you know we might will might bring me something and it reminds me of some band that that like we fought about as 14 year olds and uh, and I'm like no no that can't be in here I I don't know I I can't say what and that's goes the into mystery it. I mean it's I, I write riffs that I hate all the time most of the time I, I write I write riffs that I hate yeah every night <laughs> I hate almost every, every I'm I hate almost everything I ever play on the guitar <laughs> yeah I hate Safe playing the guitar <laughs> no, no, but when it works it works and and yes we somehow we know and I, I'm thankful that we do no, and and yes, you're catching us at a time where where that our our awareness of what works and doesn't work is as as good as it has ever been, um, and hopefully we can keep that keep that state as we finish uh, a few more songs. Will for you when you're in this sort of like time of year, does that impact the selection of what you're grabbing from your riff collection or the pieces that you've put together so far? And could you maybe return to something that gets discarded later in the year? I've just been arranging files recently to see where, you know, what what we can pull from to maybe inspire new ideas. And, and yeah, some of them are from I, I'm actually better at hanging on to some old riffs that I you know again like I don't like most of the stuff that I, I'm not like sitting in my room making perfect riffs all day it, it's like I'm making you know it's it's hard to make something that I I think is special or something that should be kept so in my very disorganized iTunes you know I've I've got plenty of you know song titles with dates and just insane disorganization with little hearts next to them and it's like okay I'll listen to that and be like yes there is like a little cool riff in there, you know, from something that we might've been working on in the Sacred Bloom days or something that, um, is titled Ustalist. It's just a mess. It's a mess. It's like, I I don't know what we were 
I, I, I don't even remember what these eras were or whatever, but I do have these little, you know, I like the song or something. I can listen back and think, yeah, there was something cool there. And we, we have pulled a few of those, maybe more Fru Stylist or something like that. I've, I've pulled old riffs um, just because, yeah, there, you know, you can write riffs all day long. We, we're productive right now. Everything that we did yesterday, more or less, you know, stuck and whatever. But, but yeah, it, it is rare to, you know, when something is good, it is hard to um to throw it away. I I'm not when especially when I'm working on my own and I don't have Sam to bounce ideas off of. It's like, yeah, I can definitely still get lost, you know, wasting days and days and days trying to make something work when I probably should have just erased it and moved on, but um I'll I'll still bang my head against the wall forever trying to make something that I care about um stick around. I I think both of us, I mean, this this I guess this would be a question. I don't know the answer, but does the chaos of the process serve us mostly? Or if we were slightly more organized with riffs and if we were more, we had a more structured way of working, would that actually help us? I don't know. I'm sure people think about this with like sobriety and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, certain people just hold on to mess because it, it gives them an arc or some kind of meaning. But I, I do believe that chaos is a part of this. And, you know, the nights where let's say we light a fire, bring out a little speaker and just, and just parse through messy demos. To me, that is, that is the, you know, the, the, the waters of creation. That, that is the, the stew. And I think that probably confuses people. I mean, we, we just worked on an album with a friend of ours who's, who's, uh, you know, very organized and, and he's a producer and, and works in a very logical way. And, you know, halfway through the, the month long process, he just said, you guys have the craziest way of working. And that kind of shocked me. I was like, really? Is this, that, well, I think we are crazy? a little reckless because yeah. if something doesn't work, we're, we're just immediately picking up the guitars to fill in the, you know, to, to replace it. Not, I, I don't know. It, it's just right. It's, it's, it's so impulsive. I think it can be, it can be confusing to other people. The, the kind of speed with which we might hear something. We both look at each other and say, it's wrong. Hold on, get the guitar, just plugging it in. You know, 30 both seconds later, there, there's a new part. Yeah, just kind of like, it's it, like we know what do you think? Means. I'm going to be able to go to sleep with this yeah, piece missing? Absolutely not. <laughs> this has to be solved yeah. now. It's, it's a puzzle. <laughs> so there's times where there's no verbal communication necessary for you to communicate that type of understanding. It can be as simple as, Sam, you may see Will look a certain way, and then you know immediately, instinctually, what that means. Honestly, it's... I I'd say the way you probably the way people would probably see this the most, you know, I, I've often wondered what it would be like to rope in a, a producer to to produce a yellow eyes album. I, I've always been interested in that and uh mostly just because you do it and it's insane to do that while writing songs and Right. It, <laughs> and it, it can be I mean it, it talk about chaos. I mean some of these times you know <laughs> piles of of reel to reel tapes and and you know trying to trying to get everything working oh channel one is 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 being spotty you gotta gotta figure that out uh you know it's in the dark there's candles everybody's feeling good and i'm like ah, i can't get signal on this on this uh, that was before you had a baby <laughs> yeah, that was before uh, right life has gotten more chaotic but um so you know yeah producing is crazy and so i've wondered about getting a producer in but sometimes that is almost like it feels like an intangible idea because I think of, let's say, you know, recording guitar parts sometimes when we're, tr we're trying to get guitar, guitar parts down. And, and, uh, I know, I know when I'm recording Will's guitar, like, let, let, you know, he, he's got the guitar I'm running, I'm running 
the the station. I know exactly when he doesn't like his take without any, you know, I just know because of how it sounds. I know that it's not right. I, I, I'll stop it right in the middle of a take that might be good and just say, no, no, no. Yeah. And, and he'll just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's almost nonverbal for, for, you know, an hour. It can just be go, stop, go, stop again, you know, just, just completely reflexive. And I think with a producer that might be like, well, what do you want me to keep going? Or, you know, there, there's words that would be needed there. So it is very much, I mean, especially when it comes to the actual process. I mean, even in the writing yesterday, there's like, you know, a piece, several parts that are looping, let's say, and there's one piece missing. It's like a puzzle. Without that piece, the thing can't loop. We're, we're just sitting there, both guitars plugged in, playing whatever we're playing. And uh, yeah, it, we'll just do that for hours until both of us are aware that one of, you know, somebody played the right thing. And then the other one just kind of will start trying to write the other guitar part on that thing that works. You know, if he, let's say out of the this jumble of ideas that are just kind of like Im- improvisation, the second he or I settle on something that works, I'll just start looping it. He'll, he'll understand that he'll just start looping a second part over it. And that's just how it is. It's like, um, it's like trying to crack a, a safe or something with right. one of those like who, little. Uh, yes. Who who gets the first? Uh, what do you call those? The the um, the slots in in like a in a lock. Who gets the first? You know, the, there's like six slots. Who gets the first slot? I'll work on slot number two, and then you kind of switch. But that is definitely like one of those funny things where it's just the second you know that you got. It could just be three notes or whatever, but if it if it feels like I don't even know why it feels right, but if it feels right, we tend to tend to know it and then just stop on that. And then I don't know, like yeah. you you know when your second guitar part's right. I know when the first. I don't know. It just it just be- because, falls into because place it's motion. Is, yeah, it's it's mechanics. Yeah. It's yeah. not just melody. It's it's mechanics. It's when should there when should there be this kind of pinging back and forth? When do we just play the same thing ACDC style and uh, that. You know that that's got. It's happen. a mystery. I don't. It's a mystery. I don't know. Yeah, we could talk about it forever, flap our gums about it, and we still won't even know. It's just. Uh, it's it's. But just, it's fun. It's it's <laughs> extremely fun. Yeah. You're listening to Heavy Hops. We'll have more from Will and Sam Scarstead in a moment. There are a few things happening in the world of Heavy Hops and Scorched Tundra that I want to share. You can find tickets to Scorched Tundra present shows at scorchedtundra.com/tickets. We've also created a crowdfunding source for all things Heavy Hops and Scorched Tundra. If you love what we do and want to support us, find the donate link in the episode notes and give what you'd like. Giving any amount will grant you access to our Discord community and an opportunity to contribute to making Heavy Hops and Scorched Tundra content the best can be. Please also consider sharing this episode, rating us, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us. We'll be taking the month of May off from releasing new content as preparations for Scorched Tundra Festival, which takes place September 1st through 3rd at the Empty Bottle in Chicago, kick into a higher gear. From June 9th, Heavy Hops episodes will be released every second week. If you've not explored past episodes, this time frame presents an excellent opportunity to do so. Find a link to all episodes in the show notes. Thanks for this moment, and back to our conversation with Will and Sam Skarstedt. So we've talked a little bit about the chaos involved maybe in the writing or the composition, but there's another sort of element to what goes into creating the sort of ambiance and the feelings. To me, it's sharing experience, and that is the field recordings element to your music. With this new material and then maybe with sort of what's happened with the pandemic, has it been hard for you guys to get the sort of field recordings for your material? 
material that you're working on now, or is it going to join the material later? Yeah, I I don't know. We haven't we haven't done a lot of collecting yet, but um, we also haven't. I mean, I guess we've done a couple mini tours. We're we have some shows coming up. I I think I I will. That's a good point. Thanks for reminding me to to bring the field recorder at this point. Yeah, we 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 should be thinking. I mean, I I think also as it relates to field recordings, I I don't. It's funny. It it's become su- such an such a part of the the albums. But at the same time, I'm completely fine with not doing that anymore. And to but to me, I mean, I think the the density of our songs, the the fact that there's an overwhelming flow of ideas during the song means that you need you need a a, a landscape. To be in for a minute. Yeah, uh, it's, we, it's we just, do it just because it feels like it needs to it be just there. Feels like it needs to be there. The... Yeah, it's it's not prescriptive. It's just kind of like yeah, you know. And some songs don't even have them there. It's just it's some songs feel better just having silence or or being woven together. But sometimes you just need a breath. And... It might also be for us because we're you know we're we're thinking really hard about these songs as much as we say we're just kind of throwing these ideas down and working fast. We do that, but we return to a song so many times just you know working on the flow and this and that it's it we think about it really hard with the interludes we're nearly improvising them sometimes it, it feels very at least to us it probably feels like uh an antidote to the to the like really um carefully written songs or something i, I feel like it's yeah. a great a great like contrast to the to the rest of the songs at least in right. our process there's a lot of things that can serve the same function I, I think my thought is in the next album, there will be something that feels like a field recording, but is really us, you know, doing, making noise in some outdoor way. From we, far, I mean, we've, we've lots of ideas. Used, we've often used distance, you know, recording things from far away. We have bells and chimes. Yeah. Our bass player, Alex, makes bizarre instruments. We, we have a lot of things at our disposal that, that can help guide the way it will be. Yeah, um, I, I don't even know. It's if exciting. Any... I, I always look forward to that step but but we don't ever think about it that hard it kind of comes i'd say actually in every record we recorded them basically after right after we finished recording the guitars for real on the on the record we'd just go outside and and just kind of figure it out basically in the studio in in real time i'm not sure we've ever talked about this much but a couple of years ago we were asked to do a an art installation at this this uh, estate sort of near where we live now at this this estate called Olana historic uh, home, historic home um, a sort of artist home beautiful strange land and they said just you know do do anything it's going to be this kind of silent walking tour where just it just happens once where people walk through the forest and you have to, you should just do something I think they do originally thought why don't you just like play acoustic guitars or something and um, yeah and we 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 thought well that I'm not sure that's really going to work for us. We're not, you know, this is not Bob Dylan here. We have to do something else. So we bought a bunch of, you know, strange bells, these these long sort of tubular bells um, from I Amish country. Bells. We made bells. We we bought some some brass, you know, some 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 brass squares and kind of cut them into different shapes and some some tried different metals, tried bronze, all these things, just to try to find things that that had resonance and had a friend come and we ended up doing this thing where we just were, were kind of doing these strange chiming tones where and a friend was up in this this part of this house blowing trumpet tones out over the landscape and and we had people kind of hiding in the weeds making sounds and and uh we wrote some some stuff to kind of play during that and i think that's recorded somewhere i've never used it but that's that's the kind of thing that i think would function in the place of, of a field recording 
because it, you know, you have that that kind of strange. Well, um, in a way, it is a field recording. It is a field recording, but yeah, <laughs> literally, because you know, we but, were in a in a field while we were, <laughs> right. while we were hitting the bells. But I have a feeling that with this album, there will be more composed field recording instead of um, instead of just sounds. I, I, it's just a feeling. I, I don't know how it will play out unless we end up getting some good stuff. I don't know. But I, I love not knowing. I because it, you know, it's always it's always cool. If it's not cool we'll delete it and uh, you know try again. So it's always going to be cool, at least to me. For black metal as a genre, one of the things that can really make artists stand out is the creation of sort of a mood and a feeling, and that's what makes it very different from a lot of the other heavy genres. And one of the things that Yellow Eyes does and has been known for is the creation of that uh, through these sorts of external recordings or things that you've experienced along your journeys. I guess where I wanted to tie in, and you helped bridge that pretty well in terms of talking about this sort of like outdoor exhibition is how you sort of like view these components of what it is that you do since it's been harder. At least one of you, maybe both of you traveled very recently, but do you think that there's still room for this type of function within your music? Sounds like you're also questioning that in some way too. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I can honestly say I, I don't know because um, the, the last, I mean, the last time we finished, finished a record as Yellow Eyes was a few years ago. So I, I'm willing to let it be different. I guess I would put it that way. But just in the finishing sense, I mean, it, you know, Will and I both have different, I guess our roles overlap in, in the, the middle part where we're br- bringing ideas together and actually writing the music. But Will spends months usually working alone before we really even get together. And then I spend months after we work together finishing it and often, you know, trying to figure out the, the interludes, bashing my head against the wall, like, you know, losing my mind in my own, my own way. And, and so I, I don't, I don't actually know how that will feel now, but I, I do think that, you know, for all of the, the disruption of the pandemic, I don't think, you know, I mean, life is significantly different now. We live in a different place. I got a kid, things are different, but it's not, you know, it's not that different. I mean, it, I, I think, uh, I think what I've learned over the past couple of weeks starting to work on material again is that it's not that different. We're, I mean, we're writing different music, but it's, I, I'm starting to get that feeling of obsession. I, I recognize this feeling. It's, it's, Will and I share this. It's, it's in our genes. It's, it's, uh, obsessive work and it it's kind of uh it tints your vision everywhere i go now i'm thinking about you know lines different words to use starting to think of things and you know i, I don't know i'm it's, sure it's, it's keeping, your, keeping your ears open for yeah. but that, that being said you know yeah i was in europe two days ago but you know and sure there are beautiful bells and the you know the sounds of feet on cobblestones and all that but i feel like we've done that already in in a lot of ways and We've used the kind of local sounds of of the frogs in the ponds, and it, it, it's just it's just to me with the uh, gathering of sounds. I'm sure we'll do it. It is. It, we've had a lot. Of, I mean, we've traveled as a band to Europe to do that. <laughs> we've tacked that on to the end of tours and things like that. We, we've made it a huge priority for us in the past. But I guess the question is just how do you how do you make it feel fresh? And and you know, I, in a perfect world, to me that would be. You know, we've we've done the the kind of Russia thing. I, I don't think we'll ever go back to Russia again. I'm afraid, but um, <laughs> but it would be well, nice to unknown. But unknown. It, it, it's it's a lot harder. My now. wife is yeah. Russian, so it, it's it's like you know, so it's, it's a weird time. Obviously, I don't know. It would, in a perfect world, it'd be fun to 
to gather samples from a, a very far off place that yeah, I I spent time in in uh, Madagascar as an 18 year old, something like that, something that's truly, some truly new sounds would be amazing. Obviously, none of us can afford uh, time or financially to go fly to a, you know, a truly <laughs> exotic location to gather sound samples. It's not a perfect world, but I do have confidence that we'll be able to, uh, yeah, it's, e- it's, even if it's more like you were saying, more composed or something like yeah, that. It, it, um, you know, it, it's it's hard. The reason why it's hard to say is because it depends entirely on the 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 concept and and the you know I think of like you know rare field ceiling the the sounds that were used for that were they ended up feeling right because of the the arc of the album. A lot of the sounds came in near the end of the album when there was a sense that things were breaking down. You know, the the final. The final song, the the final interlude type song, is filled with these kind of strange earthly sounds. While you're, you know, you feel like you're kind of hurtling downwards at the earth from some high place, and and uh, that functioned in that context. I think that was the first time we did that. Used it as more of a, a narrative. Yeah, the, and and the idea of like let's say trolleys in in Prague dinging, and and uh, you know the sound of rain hitting the rental car, which is the last sound. Um, that you hear on the album, it it felt to me like this this uh, this play on on like in being in some some claustrophobic interior that maybe fell from some great height. It just worked. It worked, and I you know it's, I guess we just got lucky there. It was it was you know weaving things together that we just happened to have in in the. Uh, if it takes on meaning like that, you right. feel like you can do that over and over again. It does. It doesn't get. Yes. It doesn't get old. If it's not just the same old, you know crickets for the sake of crickets right it's not nothing would ever be just doing it because it should be done it's it's uh it's being sensitive to the i guess that's why which doesn't exist that's why we're saying maybe we won't do it because because it i mean inevitably it will need something and it will take it take shape but um but yes we would never do it just to just because we've done it before. For me, as a listener to your recordings and seeing sort of the different roles that these sort of like external recordings play, you're sharing something very personal with an audience as well. It's not just taking, for example, like a community ceremony that you've recorded and then you've introduced it into a different sort of context. Through the music, you're sort of shaping that experience into something new altogether. So there's just a reimagination and reformulation of a memory that becomes something new altogether that then becomes a new memory for the listener that's actually taking it on. So there's many metas in that, but I suppose in some way, what sorts of new experiences are you having with music that can be a part of your recordings? That's a good question. I was just thinking about this because, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I'll speak for myself. I, I think my relationship to music has changed in the last couple of years, mostly because, uh, you know, just trying to raise a baby and, and I have so little time. I, I write music for a living. So I, I spend all of my time trying to understand every style of music on planet earth and reformulate it in, into something palatable. I, I write music for, uh, for advertising TV commercials, which is such a, such a b- bizarre job. And, uh, so it's so much, so much of my, my time with music is spent decoding something that is probably supposed to just stay, you know, mysterious. So you're trying to listen to some old retro song and try to figure out how to, how to write something like that. You know, it's, it's almost this uh, bastardization of something beautiful sometimes not to, not to degrade my profession. It's, it's fascinating to me and I, and I do love it sometimes, but 
So a lot of my relationship to music is is almost, you know, trying to pry it open and figure it out. And and the only so I don't have time to listen to music at work and, and I don't commute. So I don't have like a a train ride to listen to music. And so I, I listen to music, you know, go, going to the hardware store, you know, the classic rock station or or uh, cooking or renovating my house. And that's and that's kind of it. So so that's different than it used to be. You know, I don't have time to just listen to to hundreds of albums anymore. So I I I kind of rely on getting together with the band and being in the in the car and and uh, and listening to things. So it, so to me, it's what gains meaning in my life is what is what uh, other people love and show me. And and uh, you know, it's I guess there therein lies the community for me. A lot of my favorite music is things that you know something that that we've listened to a bunch in the car and and has become part of my. Uh, you know, part of my life that way. I find when I'm actively trying to work on music, which for the past, I don't know, maybe year has been pretty constant. I, I kind of took a year off or something, you know, early pandemic, um, so many other things to deal with just wasn't, wasn't playing the guitar at all. But weirdly when I'm working on music, which yeah, has been constant for, for a year or so, just ideas. And I find it hard to listen to anything else. If I listen to anything else, really anything and it's even remotely interesting to me i'll probably stop listening to it and go take that inspiration and try to try to you know write something um i'm just chasing i'm chasing all the ideas and it's it's so weird to uh to think about because i love listening to music i love listening to you know i i love those moments sitting around a fire and, and discovering new new music i just haven't had a chance to do it in so long I was thinking about that this morning just because it's it's been winter here for so long now finally it it looks like spring it's it you know I just want to light a fire and have that time I I think it benefits our our music to uh you know not just be in this little vacuum in my head but um but yeah I find it really hard to take in anything else when I'm when I'm working on music it it's yeah, it's obsessive. It's crazy. I, I just like, you know, drive to work listening to the demos and taking notes and being like, that needs to change. Can't think about anything else except for that. I'll go home, change that, listen to that a million times, be like, no, or yeah. yes. Right. I don't know how other people do it. I, I'm always curious to, to ask people about this. I When we're working on music, it is it is just a, it, it is a, it is a vacuum. I mean, I, I, I find, I find that it's, it's helpful not to listen to too much else. I mean, <laughs> that sounds sounds so narrow-minded or something, but we're not sitting around playing things that we love saying, oh, let's do something like this. No, never. 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 I mean, it, it might happen that we hear something, we say, oh man, how, how did they do that? How did they make that happen? But it's pretty rare. It's it's very much a just calling upon the the soup that's already in there, just saying, you know, I mean, it's not it's not going out and just being like, oh, let's write a... Write an, write an album like this band. It's it's not like that at all. It's which is why I again I say it's about mood. It's about how you feel. It's very much just tapping into the 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 spring. It's just it, it, it's it's tapping the vein. What what am I feeling right now? What's in the bloodstream? That's what's coming out because it's not going to be it's not going to be research. There's no research. It's one hundred percent what what's what's in the what's in the stream right now. And and I, I guess I like it that way. I don't know. I would not be good at trying to replicate another, you know, anybody else's sound because it just cannot do it. It doesn't interest me. It's, I, I can't, if, if, if I were listening to a band and wrote a riff that sounded even remotely like that band, I would, I would like, you know, stop 
playing music so fast. I, I don't know. That's just me. Well, that would be in the in the. I'm disgusted by this riff. Pile. Yeah, yeah. I'm disgusted by it because it reminds me of someone else. That's not to say we're making only. You know, I'm sure plenty of our songs sound like you know uh, somebody else's right riff. It might be that, totally derivative to, to someone else's ears, but I just probably haven't heard it because if I had, I would have deleted it. <laughs> After we're done and you're going to step back into recording, can you, for the listeners, sort of like describe what you're going to be seeing and what this room sort of looks like? Because you've spoken on multiple occasions about how setting a mood is very important and you're, you know, not necessarily in a high tech studio with a thousand channel physical mixer and give us like an imagination of what this is going to look like. Well, yeah, we're, we're not paying by the hour, so we're very free. Yeah. We're just in, um, we're basically at Sam's house right now. This is actually new for us. Um, in in the past, we've always been, I guess, well, we we were in the city in the past living in small apartments and just kind of not, we were not really in a place to be sitting together with two guitars, having this kind of freedom. We would go up to the forest for that, into this little cabin. Now, this is actually a really amazing uh, benefit to our pr- productivity just because I, I can drive right down. We both live in the same town. Well, you, if... People might say, why haven't you put an album out in uh, how many years? <laughs> yeah. Three three years? Yeah. It's it's because we've been working on getting this situation right. I You know, we, we both bought houses in the same town, Beacon. Uh, we live, you know, five minutes walk away from each other. Uh, I, I, my... I had no place, you know, I, I just had a baby. I had no place to work in silence. I'm, I'm sitting there working on music and, you know, the screaming newborn in the next room. And I, I, you know, all I had was this little ratty one car garage attached to the house, d- d- dripping uneven floor. And, and I spent ungodly amounts of time and money renovating this over the course of a year, uh, pouring a concrete floor, framing out the walls, thinking about the, you know, the, the vibe in here, getting, getting lots of light in. So here we are sitting in this little one car garage. Took a long time, but yeah. And, uh, here here we are. Put a bunch of sound panels on the walls, you know, got a, got a good desk. It's the first time in my life I've had a decent place to write music, even though I've been doing this in for my whole quote unquote career. So now here we are, got a bunch of guitars lined up on a rack, a little yard outside, you know, some some uh, little fire pit out there. Sometimes we light a fire just to have it out there to to look at. And and uh, it's funny, as nice as it is in here, I'm not sure it had it. It hasn't like transformed our our process. It no, just, it's, it's just, just more convenient. It's just really nice to be in here. Yeah. You know, it's it's everything is more or less the same. But but yeah, as as far as today goes, it would it would just be uh, I guess. There's still, um, we have two songs that are close, so probably just leave them for now. <laughs> Distance is good. You know, the obsession can actually kill. You know, you can get too close. Yeah, if we, if we open up like, that file, we're going to start changing changing. Uh, just like, just leave it be. Just I know it. that about myself now. Leave it alone. Move on. Um, I, I still have like, you know, usually I have a huge pile of riffs to pull from. You know, usually I think like, oh man, I have enough for two records here. And then we, we you know, flush three quarters of them down the toilet and and uh, whatever, but now I've actually we have a small pile. Haven't been um, for whatever reason. I don't know why, but um, we'll probably try to pick one of those riffs out and just say, "Is this a good place to start?" And then we'll probably uh, bang our heads against the wall for like you know eight hours, and then and get nothing done. Get nothing done, and you know go to bed exhausted, and yeah, and have a terrible Monday, and, uh... <laughs> and try it again um, tomorrow night. The, the mystery of creativity continues, but on Tuesday, you know, morning. We have a two-second window. We try to do something. We'll probably 
write half the song. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I realize now that we've used a lot of positive language about writing music, and I want to make it clear that it's torturous and... And, very uh, negative. Very <laughs> negative. And, and most, most of the time, it's, it's a terrible experience. And I, and I say that with sincerity. Today is okay. I, it's a cloudy day here. It's cool. It's not nice outside. If it were nice outside, there's, I, it's very hard to, uh, for, for me to force myself to be inside thinking about this stuff. I, I want to get this record done before the weather <laughs> gets too nice because it, I, I find it very hard to, uh, to just be, it, you know, create the world in the studio when you know that it's like, you know, I have a, I have a dog at home that would love to be outside and, and, um, yeah, it's just hard to, it's hard to allow myself to, uh, you know, Sam has a baby. It's, it's hard to just be like, yeah, we're doing this all day long. Um, nobody can bother us. It, it, it gets harder as you get older for whatever reason, but yeah. If the process is as you described it, is challenging, terrible, why do you do it? I, I ask myself that all the time. It's it's uh it's an addiction. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, looking the, the the high of getting a riff that works is it's so it's so much fun. I mean, you know, neither of us play video games or anything, but it is kind of like you're playing a game when you're when you're um you know, a game that you're good at or something. It, not that's not to say we're good at any of this, but it's like at least just in a in that brother way or something, you know, when we both have guitars and we're both just throwing every idea at the wall, the second something works and something clicks, like it did last night, it's like it's the only thing I can think about. It's like uh, Christmas morning every second of of the day, I, uh, I mean, just knowing that like on my phone, it's like I can pull that thing up and that thing is cool. I know that's cool. It's several. It's there's a few dimensions to it. I mean, what other activity except for I guess running a business or something. What other activity has the capacity to change your life in so many ways? I mean, there, there's a lot, but this is at least in our specific lives that, that, you know, that if we write the right collection of notes, we put them in the right place. It's just this physical process. If we do that right, it will improve our lives significantly for two years if, if, or more. Even just and, and may, in and, my own and head. Give you, like, and yes. give you a point. It gives your life a point. I mean, it's to have written something is great. Writing it is terrible, but to have written is good. And uh, yeah, you it's it, you're you're chasing it all the time. And and the feeling of having an album written is something that I mean, we I we always talk about. I I don't know what it would feel like to not have that in your life. I don't know what I don't know I don't know what it's like for people to go through their lives not having something like this. To, I cannot imagine a, to it. not have an active project is horrible. You know, I, I've had moments like that in the pandemic. My project was renovating this this horrible house that I bought and making it less horrible. It was a project. Didn't feel the need to, you know, work on music all the time. That ended up, you know, that that resolved itself in some ways. Working on music again, but there there are little moments in between albums or whatever where you know I tell myself, yeah, I'll take a break or something. But those are the worst moments when you don't have something active that you're working on it's horrible um i hate it so i don't ever want to <laughs> that's why it's like you know I'll, I'll take like a day off after a record is done and i'll tell myself and my wife that we'll go do something fun and you know do something else for a bit and that, that lasts like 24 hours and it's like all right now what let's uh you know let's get the next thing going yeah. but yes that is funny that we haven't had a record out in a really long time we're talking like we're prolific we're working on some other things but right but whenever anyone in my life you know, you have friends who who are. I, I mean, this it's not unusual to 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 feel listless and and depressed. This this is a human affliction. But you know, friends friends who say, uh, "Yeah, just I'm just 
just, I just feel like there's not, there's my life just feels kind of meaningless or there's, there's nothing, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, anything in that category of thought, I always just want to say, why aren't you trying to make an album or or anything or anything? anything. Why why aren't you trying to, to, uh, you know, build a greenhouse or, uh, you know, whatever trains, a train set in your basement. Like this is the secret that I, you just have to get obsessed with something. It's hard. And that's therein lies like the torture. It's hard to do that because when you're looking up the, the mountain at the, you know, it's, it's like impossible to, it takes so long for us to get, you know, for us to get this record done. I probably started writing riffs six months ago or something. And this record probably won't be out until 2023 or something. It takes so long and that can be daunting and depressing and, and, you know, life is depressing and it's not like you wake up every day full of, full of, uh, energy and focus and ready to go. But, but on those days that you do, you know, that the cup of coffee hits you in the right way and it's a rainy Sunday or something, it's like, there's nothing better in the entire world. Even if it's a failed attempt at making anything that is going to stick on the record, it's still the best. And, and yeah, it'll, it'll keep me coming back even through like those horrible days of just, you know, wondering, you know, I can't make my fingers make any shapes on the fretboard that are any different than all the other ones I've it's like all the notes sound the same. It's like, what? I can't believe I'm sacrificing so much time and I can't even make like three notes that sound good today. I mean, today. it's not or an exaggeration. Tom- tomorrow, the yeah. next day. It, it, that could last a month. And it's like, what is what is this? Yeah, it can, it can ruin your life for, for a temporary time. When things, when it's not clicking, you know, when it's not going well, it, it, can, it can make your life very difficult. But but therein lies, that, that those are the stakes. And that's, you know, why are we talking about it in such a, contradictory rapturous terms it's because the stakes are so high the stakes are so high because the feeling of writing a good song is undeniably the best feeling i've ever experienced in my life i mean it's better than playing that finished song on stage or anything like that you know shows are not necessarily this this like cathartic experience they're stressful our songs are hard to play we're not the best guitar players or anything like that but this yeah i guess have to remind myself live in the moment this this moment right now working on these records, compiling ideas, writing new ideas. This is the best. This is the, this is, you know, this is the best part of the whole thing. This and recording once, you know, recording it is the best. Yeah. That's, um, it's the way, it's the way but out. There's a lot of torture before, during and after, but th- this is the best. Will and Sam, thank you so much for being on heavy hops. Looking forward to some new material and to having you back in Chicago in the future. We look forward to it. Thank you so much for, for talking to us. It's been great. Thank you so much.